This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. Hello and welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm your host, Elliot Richardson, and joining me today from Newsroom NZ uh, is Mark Jennings, and he's the co-editor there. I'm just bringing him on online at the moment. Uh, If this is the first time to Insider, uh, welcome. You can ask questions to Mark during the episode. You can just drop them in the chat box on the right-hand side of the screen, and we'll do our best to get through them uh, today. Uh, and you know, very, very, very warm welcome to any of our uh, new New Zealand viewers who are joining us for the first time as well. Uh, and Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Elliot. So I said uh, you're the, the co-editor there at, at Newsroom. So how does how does that kind of work? Because um, it's it's a little bit different to have two editors of the same publication. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, we wondered in the beginning whether it would work having. Uh, two chiefs. Um, As you know, too many cooks can spoil the broth, but it's actually worked very well. And um, we're also the co-founders, of course. Um, So we've worked extremely well for four and a half years. Um, Probably our skills are slightly different and we tend to divide up along those lines. I probably do a bit more work on the business side of the business. than Tim Murphy. Um, He was the editor of the New Zealand Herald, which is the biggest newspaper here. And um, I was editor of uh, Three News, which was a leading television news service. So we've got complementary skills and it's it's worked well to date. And how big is the team there at uh, Newsroom? Uh, We have 21 full-time employees um, and probably another... FTE equivalent, I suppose, of another three. So about 24 uh, full-time all up. Oh, fantastic. So uh, is it the a usual daily news uh, news website similar to, to the Herald? No, uh, no, it's not. Um, we're probably more of a current affairs site than we are a news site. We do do news, but we don't chase crime, ambulances, um, entertainment, we don't really do any sort of clickbait stuff. Um, we like to see ourselves as the purveyors of quality news, um, and that's really our niche. I noticed there you've you've got like a, a paid uh, subscription, and there's some free content there as well. What's the what's the split there? How does that kind of work? Yes, so the paid or subscriber side, um, essentially. What you get is early access to um, all the stories. The stories then go to the open site um, after there's been a window for the paid subscribers. Um, One of the other, I guess, real benefits of being a paid subscriber is you get a curated uh, newsletter by Newsroom Pro's editor, um, Jonathan Milne. Um, It's called Eight uh, at Eight. So it's usually the eight top stories um, delivered into your inbox at uh, 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, and there are some other things too which don't make their way onto the open site. Um, but but the key thing is early access. 
And you you said that you know you don't ambulance chase and um, there's not a lot of clickbait there. So what are the more popular types of stories or topics that tend to feature? Um, well, look, our, our specialties are politics, business, and investigations. Um, so a lot of our work focuses in those areas. But two kind of hot areas at the moment are immigration and workforce issues. Um, and housing, and I imagine they're sort of similar around the world, really. Um, with housing, we have a perpetual housing crisis here, and people are very interested in that. Um, the second one, immigration, has been a bit of a surprise to us, but it's uh, taken a, a, a really new leap um, uh, recently because essentially the border is shut. There is no immigration. We are short of workers and it's a real problem for business um, in this country. And anything we write on it or report on it gets very well read. So in that respect, would you, uh, say, work with, with public relations professionals on stories like that? So be putting forward case studies or, um, you know, executives or, or spokespeople who can talk about, you know, issues with, with recruiting to their businesses and trying to grow a business during um, a, a hard border, like you know, similar to the issue we have in Australia? Uh, yes, absolutely, um, we do. Um, we work with uh, PRs um, and comms teams, if you like, right through the spectre from um, government um, to government departments to businesses um, to NGOs. That yeah, the whole gamut really uh, in this. Um, uh, you know, we think PRs do have a. a, a a role to play in um, bringing forward uh, information to us um, and facilitating access um, to key people that are involved in these stories. And we've got our first question in uh, from the audience. It's Ben, and he asks, education and remote learning is a hot topic in the media at the moment with lockdowns. Does Newsroom have a pulse for education? I'm sorry, does Newsroom have a what? A pulse, so an interest in education. Interest. Uh, yes, Um it hasn't been that big uh, here so far, um, but we do. Um, and our um, Newsroom Pro, that's our subscriber editor, um, Jonathan Milne, is uh, keen on those stories and he, he does do them. Um, uh, but I, I wouldn't say it's a runaway topic at the moment. Uh, so when you work with PR and marketing professionals, is it a case of you're, you know, you develop a story and you get into it and then you start looking for or you start looking to contact PRs for a spokesperson or, or something similar or are you receiving pitches and then growing stories out of that? Um, it's, it's both really. Um, we get inundated with pitches every day um, and it, it, it's a bit problematic really because media releases or press releases um, at their day is done. Um, we're really just not particularly interested in that, um, but we still get an overload of them. Um, but we do get pitches from people who are more sophisticated around this, and we will follow those. Um, and of course, we we make our own inquiries. And um, you know, the thing we ask of PRs is to get back to us in a, a timely fashion, really. So what are you looking for then in a pitch for, for it to be of interest to you if, if media releases are kind of out of the, out of the, the question? 
Uh, well, the first thing is it has to be an exclusive. Um, we're not interested in anything that's going anywhere else. Um, there are so many stories to cover. Um, we don't need or want to be um, chasing around with other media on them. I mean, particularly, for instance, if there's a big player in the market here called Stuff, mm -hmm. if they run a story and we run better written, be better written, but um, our traffic will be severely impacted by um, stuff running that story. So it's best for us just not to bother. So the first thing we say is, if it's not exclusive, um, don't come to us. Uh, the second thing is, uh, it has to be genuinely interesting and not just what a CEO or marketing manager wants you to push um, or thinks is interesting. It has to be really interesting um, to a significant, you know, uh, section of the community. Um, and the third one, I think it has to guarantee access to the right people immediately. Um, the idea of floating up something and then not being able to follow through or produce on it straight away, um, you know, is wasting our time. So I'd say those are the three things that um, stand out in a pitch. And our second question's come in. Now, this one's from Bonnie. She asks, what is the demographic of newsroom readers? Uh, yes, good good question, um, because it has changed a bit over time as we've grown. Um, we started off with, I guess, what I would call um, an upper socio audience, um, an educated audience, um, people who are very interested in democracy, uh, people who vote, um, people who've had a tertiary education. That was our primary audience to begin with. And it was also um, our best demographic was uh, 25 to 35, which surprised us. We thought it would be older. Um, since we've been going and we've grown, and we've been growing at a rate of 100% a, a year, which um, sounds extraordinary and it, it kind of has surprised us too, um, although it's probably levelling off a bit um, now for us. But the demographic has widened a bit, and it's now um, 35 to 45 is our uh, biggest demographic. But we've also added a lot um, at the older top end. We haven't lost any of the younger demographics, but we've added more, particularly during the lockdowns where I think um, older news consumers have found us or have gone looking for more in-depth, more analysis. Um, so we've got quite a wide demographic now. It, Population-wise, it pretty much um, mirrors um, New Zealand's um, city population, biggest audiences in Auckland, followed by Wellington, followed by Christchurch, followed by Dunedin. Um, so nothing there. We are slightly skewed female. Um, but not much. I think it's uh, 52, 48, uh, roughly at the moment. We also have uh, quite a strong um, audience in Australia and the US. Probably we think that they're expats, but we don't um, know for sure. And we've got another question from Ben, and uh, this is going off of something you said earlier. You said you mentioned that business and immigration is very popular at the moment. Is Newsroom interested in workplace culture stories? how companies are retaining or hiring staff? Uh, yes, we are. Um, uh, interestingly, one of the 
most popular or biggest um, traffic drivers on our site at the moment was a story. And it's a story I think that's played out around the world. It's the sort of Uber um, driver model where whether you are a contractor or an employee, um, a courier driver here uh, took on uh, New Zealand Post, which is the biggest courier firm in the country, um, over his terms and conditions um, and has been arguing that he's an employee. For some reason, that story just went ballistic. It was just huge. Um, so workplace stories do, do seem to have um, a pool that is, is bigger than we thought. Fantastic. Um, is there anything that should be included in a pitch in terms of multimedia? You know, are you looking for people to send through through images or um, infographics, videos, anything like that? Um, yep, we're we're always um, open to that because I think um, good photographs really help a story. Video can really help a story. So yes, we are encouraging of that, particularly if they're of a higher standard. Um, but a good story is a good story, no, no matter what. So um, they're not essential, and we're certainly able to go and um, get those elements ourselves. We have a video arm um, as well. So um, I think, you know, one of the things, though, is an ability to sort of encapsulate the story for us. If, um, as I said, we have a lot of pictures and approaches every day, so you do want, I guess, to capture our attention. And there was a story um, recently that we were pitched about the closure of New Zealand's only oil refinery. Um, and the pitch was, we can save the refinery with a one cent uh, a litre um, uh, increase on fuel. Um, and there was something that just struck me immediately about, okay, for one cent we on each litre of fuel, we can save this refinery. Um, and I just thought, yeah, straight away, we're going to do this story. Um, and the, the person who was pitching it was, you know, really well organised, had all the facts at their uh, fingertips, argued cogently for it. Um, so, yeah, it was a good example of what you're talking about, um, how, you know, how to cut through um, when others sort of can't. And speaking of those pitches, uh, Edward asks, is there a particular way you'd prefer to receive them, a bullet points through an email or a phone call? Uh, look, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, an email that um, is clearly uh, designed for us in terms of it's not, hey, there, and no name on it, um, so you know that it's gone to every other media. Um, if we think it's specifically um, targeted at us and it outlines, you know, briefly what the story is, and uh, with a contact number, um, if we're keen, we'll call you um, or we'll always send you back um, a, a reply if we don't think it's some sort of mass mail out. If we think it's directly to us, we'll, we'll kind of come back to you quite quickly and say, you know, we'd like to um, think about this a bit more. We want to know a bit more about it um, or no, um, this isn't going to make the cut. And saying, you know, you generally get back on pitches that um, that are directly addressed to you. So are you open to PRs following up a pitch, you know, maybe a couple of days later? Um, yes, we are. Um, as long as the answer hasn't already been no. Um, 
kind of no means no, but um, if, you know, if we've been sort of, um, uh, what's the word, you know, kind of put it in the in the queue, then yeah, no, I think it's fine to um, follow up. And I think the good PRs do. And there's a way they do it too, which I think is is polite and to the point. Um, and then you you can deal with it. You either chase chase up further, do the story, um, or you say no. Look, we've thought about it for a couple of days, and um, we, we don't want to do this. Um, you know, one of the issues for us is that our reporters are fully extended the whole time. Um, there are always more stories than um, we can cope with. Um, each reporter probably has about five stories on the go at any one time. So, um, you know, things that are able to um, save us time, not waste our time, uh, you know, we, we give a lot of credit to that. Uh, fantastic. Uh, just let everyone know we are coming towards the end of today's episode. So if you have a question, please get it in now. Um, I just wanted to get a bit more insight into kind of the editorial flow there. Do you have a, a central um, email there to receive pitches or is it better to target uh, uh, specific journalists? Yeah, it's better to target specific journalists. Um, and um, that's not hard. If you go onto our site, you'll easily see how to contact us. You know, particularly, um, uh, you know, we have reporters who, I guess, specialise specialise in certain areas. We have a foreign affairs reporter, for instance. Um, we have a reporter who specialises in immigration, etc., uh, workplace issues. Um, we have uh, reporters that specialise in business and media, uh, etc. So I think working out which one is the most appropriate. Because uh, it will end up with them anyway, and they'll make the decision. Um, and of course, you know, one thing um, that we do like to do is we do like to develop relationships, um, you know, with people, uh, because that way it's, it speeds up and smooths out the process. So if it was non-lockdown or non-COVID, we do like the idea of um, having a coffee or um the comms or PR person coming into our newsroom, um, having a chat. Um, yeah, it, 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 it helps a lot. And we find that there are a group of PRs that we trust. We know they won't waste their time. Um, uh, yeah, that's, they're usually senior operators um, and seasoned operators, uh, but we get on well with them and have, a, you know, a really solid relationship. And a final question from the audience. This one's from Tristram. And they ask, why should Newsroom be approached with a big exclusive when the Herald and stuff have so many more readers? Yeah, that's that. I like that question um, because, of, because of a couple of things. Um, the first one is you're likely to find that story buried amongst... Um, I think stuff does like a couple of hundred stories a day, certainly thousands a week. Um, nothing stays up particularly long unless uh, on the front front page, unless unless it's instantly doing well. Um, so we what we find is that we can do a lot better with some stories because um, we, we're committed to giving them a good run. They don't get crowded out. Um, Secondly, I'd say is that, and I'm not trying to 
be disparaging here, but the story will be done properly. Um, if it's a good story, we, we've got the, I guess, the luxury of allowing the reporter two, three days to work on it, uh, sometimes even longer, depending on what it is, and to thoroughly examine that story and do a really good job. Um, we also really pride ourselves on the quality of writing. Um, so I, what we found is more and more people coming to us. If it's an investigative type story, which we um, specialize in, then there's also the trust factor. Um, we've broken a lot of big stories because people absolutely trust us and know that they won't be exposed. Um, you know, our investigations editor is very experienced. Um, Tim and myself are very experienced in investigative work. So, so there's that uh, factor as well. Then there's another factor that I'd say is that every big story we've broken has um, essentially been picked up by the other media. So you get them the uh, you get them anyway. Um, uh, we have a content sharing arrangement with stuff as well. Um, so what we're finding is that people who have good stories have have kind of caught on to the idea that if it comes to us and we break it, um, it will flow through into stuff. The Herald will then match that. Um, and, you know, you've got that wide distribution uh, happening um, immediately. Um, so some of our investigations, uh, one of them um, had a, over 800,000 views, which is very big for a, um, a story in this market. Um, and I, could, I guess, of course, with social now, if you get, um, if you get into the distribution networks um, at the start, these stories can have exponential growth. Um, so we don't have any problems now attracting those big scoops. Um, we thought we would at the start because, as you're right, Tristan, that we're small, but that's not really the way it's worked out. Uh, and one final question from, from the audience, Salvatore uh, asks, where an exclusive simply isn't possible, such as for a new product launch, is there any way or reason you would cover it? Um, yes, if we have um, an exclusive angle. So you might have a, a, a big launch, a big story, and that is going to go wide. But if, if we are interested, we will say to you, all right, we need to carve out an angle for us. Um, and because we are prepared to, I suppose, spend more time and go deeper into stories, that can often work. Um, again, a good uh, PR or comms person can understand this, can go, yes, okay, I'll carve that angle off um, for newsroom, and that way I'll get them on the story as well. So, yeah, we have done that, and it, and it does work. And uh, my last question, uh, what's the best email address to catch you on? Uh, I'm mark.jennings at newsroom.co.nz. Okie And I'll just pop that into the chat box. Everyone can grab that if they need it. Mark, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, it's a pleasure. All right, so we'll catch you later. Thank you. 
And thank you very much for joining us this afternoon on Influencing Insider. That was Mark Jennings, the co-editor of Newsroom NZ. Uh, join us next week. We'll be back on Wednesday. It's going to be a, mo- a morning episode at 10.30 with Channel 7's Gemma Acton. She's the finance editor there. So if you have an interest in finance or have any colleagues who cover finance uh, in their sector, um, let them know. You'll be getting an email about that tomorrow. If you wanted to double check anything Mark said, uh, you can head over to influence.com forward slash insider a little later today or just check your um, inbox and you'll be getting an email with a link to the replay a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, So I will catch you next week. That's all from me. I'm Elliot Richardson. Bye for now.